Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in the Caribbean island of Curacao today with my good friend Jocelyn Pearson of thescholarshipsystem.com. Jocelyn moved to Curacao with her husband when he got a job offer there. She works online, and they've always talked about living someplace internationally. However, they had to Google where Curacao was before saying yes to the opportunity. In this episode, we talk about swimming with turtles, snorkeling into the blue room, and how the island avoids hurricanes. You're about these three great stories and so much more. The show notes will be available at wetravelthere.com forward slash curacao. Now let's get started. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Don't you just hate waiting in line for security at the airport? Me too. Even the pre-check lines are slammed most of the time today. That's why I use Clear to skip the lines and get to my flight quicker. For my listeners, I've actually worked out a special deal where you can try Clear for free for two months. This is a limited time offer, so go to wetravelthere.com forward slash clear to sign up today. Hey, Jocelyn, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. We're actually going to talk about Curacao, which is a place I think a lot of people have heard of, but I think a lot of people don't really know much about it. <laughs> yeah, actually, it's it bothers the people here, but a lot of times we tell them it's the place next to Aruba. So <laughs> most people know Aruba, but we're right next to them. So what brought you to Curacao? Well, it actually was kind of accidental. My husband was contacted about a job down here, and then I work online, so I could theoretically work from anywhere. And we actually, we were like, what is this Curaco? Where is this place? And we were like, we should probably Google it. And so we started looking it up, and we were like, oh my gosh, this is down in the Caribbean. The weather's beautiful. It looks nice. The cost of living's about the same. So we just kind of went out on a leap of faith and sold all our stuff and moved down here. And I think it was like six weeks from the day he got an offer to when we were down here. It was pretty crazy. Wow. What a what an amazing transformation. Yeah. And you know what? I mean, we had never been here before or anything. It was a big risk, but now we've been here for over two years. So I guess it paid out. Okay. So you've been here for a couple of years now. What are some of the things that really kind of kept you there? Oh my gosh. Well, you know what? I was trying to think about this because this is actually, this is unique to be speaking about Curacao in podcast interviews. I mean, this is not something I normally speak to. And so as I was trying to think of what do we love about here, I think honestly what we boiled it down to was our group of friends and the activities we get to do. So Curacao, for those who maybe are not familiar, it's all the way down near Venezuela. So we are not very far from Venezuela. So when you think of the Caribbean, a lot of people think around, you know, Cuba and St. Lucia and all of those islands, but we are way, way down there, very far at the bottom. And so we're actually also out of the hurricane belt. So we don't get hit by hurricanes, which is amazing. They do affect us a little bit, but just because it becomes really hot because they steal our wind. So it is it is nice all year round. And when I say nice, I mean like in the 80s. It doesn't go above 90. It doesn't go below 80. It just hovers right there all year round. And actually when we moved here, I brought some warm stuff thinking it'd get like chilly like Florida and <laughs> it's still in the suitcase. So that said though, when it's nice all year round, you don't even realize, but you can do so much more if if you're an outdoors kind of person and we are. So 
water sports, free diving, diving, kiteboarding, boating, you name it, anything on the water, we absolutely love. And because of that, we've made friends with people who are doing these activities. So in the States, we found ourselves out socializing by drinking or eating out. And here we can be social with these kind of hardcore activities, if you will. And I think that is just, it's just the quality of life. You know, it's just an amazing quality of life because of it. That sounds fantastic. And, you know, on a, on a plus side, because we're both a little bit on the financial nerd side, you know, you're saving money and staying, <laughs> staying fitter because you're being active instead of like sitting there and eating fried foods at happy hour. Oh my gosh. It's it, yeah, 100%. I mean, you have to invest in some of the equipment, but once you have it like kiteboarding, all you need is wind. So yeah, it's a lot better on the budget for sure. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So the couple of years that you've been in Curacao, uh, you met a lot of people and kind of explored the island. What would you say in like a, a word or two, how would you describe the people or the or the city? I think that this could go both ways, but I would choose the word laid back. I think some people may choose the word lazy, but when you move to an island, there is such thing as island time. Okay. So we always joke around, we write hashtag island time whenever something happens. But for me, that's the charm of living down here. You know, you escape the hustle bustle. If you want to live in a place that's fast paced, hustle bustle, traffic, all that stuff, live in the United States. You've got your choice of many places. Here, it's way more laid back. And so you you feel that sometimes like with food service or drinks, you know, they're not going to rush to you. But on the other side of it, there's this beauty in it. So like when there is traffic, people just kind of let you out in front of them. It's very easy to cross at intersections because there's some, occasionally a person that's in a rush or something. But for the most part, they're just kind of generous because of this laid back mentality. So it's funny because when I moved here, I thought that that would change me and make me one of those people. And I have adapted a little bit, but I don't think you can necessarily take the hustle out of, <laughs> you know, when you've been doing it for decades, I don't think you can fully remove it, but it does, you know, force you to slow down a little bit, which again, if you take it as charm, you'll love it. If not, it'll drive you crazy. Right. on. Yeah. I mean, I have the same kind of experience moving from LA to Nashville. Oh yeah. You know, the, the massive traffic, you're constantly rushing and everything else. And then coming here, it seems like you have more time to be able to make friends and make deeper connections because you're not rushing and you're not spending three hours in your car commuting to work. And so I think that's really awesome that you're able to have that experience. So when people are thinking of coming down to Curacao, what time of year should they think of uh, visiting? Well, like I said, it is nice all year round. However, during hurricane season, if there are hurricanes, we lose our wind. So the rest of the year, there's this just beautiful island breeze. So we're in the 80s. It can get very hot. But with the breeze, it feels really nice. And the water stays decently warm all year round. You know, it's refreshing. It's not like a bathtub, which is actually nice because it's hot down here anyway. So most of the year, it's very pleasant. But again, if the hurricanes are there, they steal our wind and then it's just like brutal, brutal heat. So that's usually around like September, October. Those are pretty miserable months as far as the heat if you're not, if you don't like heat. But December, January, February, March are beautiful. It's at the end of rainy season, but their version of rainy season means like it rains for five minutes and then <laughs> it's beautiful again. So I actually love rainy season here. And then by December, January, it's more lush green because of the rain. So I personally, most of our family members, they visit us sometime between December and March. That sounds very pretty. For the people who are coming uh, down to Curacao, 
There's obviously just the one major airport. And are there direct flights from the U.S.? How do people get there? Yeah. So there are direct flights from Miami daily, from Charlotte a couple times a week. And then there are direct flights from JFK. And now they're opening up a weekly flight through United from Newark. So most of the time you have to have a, unless you live in one of those three areas, you're going to have to connect to get here. So it is a little harder to get here versus Aruba, for example, or even Bonaire, which is the ABC Islands is Aruba, Bonaire, Curacao. They're all next to each other. So the flights are, I think, what... I think that's the big reason that actually people, if they more so know about Aruba because it's easier to get there, but it's a quick, I think, two and a half hours from Miami. So it's not far at all. Yeah, that's not bad. Okay. So when we get there, uh, obviously we need a passport, but do we need anything else, any visas or any other type of paperwork or shots or anything like that when we come to visit? No, it's so simple. It's very easy. They do have a different currency here called the Gilder, but a lot of places here will accept the dollar. So even that is, you don't have to buy money ahead of time. And it's actually pretty much pegged to the United States dollar. So it's not like euros where, you know, depending on the day, it could make a big difference in what you're exchanging. So you might want some local money, but you can just withdraw it once you get here. The outlets here are really interesting because some places have 220 and some people have 110. So I would always just bring a European adapter just in case because who knows what you're going to get. And the visas and stuff you don't need. You can just come and I think you can be here for... 90 or 180 days without any issues. So they do have a really nice agreement for Americans. Nice. It sounds like I'd have a nice long vacation. Yeah. That sounds fun. (laughs) Yeah. And you know what? There's internet down here. So it's pretty easy to just pop on down here and kind of do the digital nomad thing. But I think that's really the logistical stuff. You can fill out, like they have like an immigration card that you can fill out online ahead of time. And I think that's the most like preparation you would need to really do. Okay. Well, that sounds good. Okay. So we've flown into the airport. What's the airport's name? Hato, H-A-T-O, but there's only one airport. So okay. it, yeah, if you look up Curacao, it's the code is C-U-R. So, okay. So we're flying into the airport to get around the island or get to the major city. Do we need to rent a car? Is there public transportation, ride sharing? How do we get around? Yeah. So that's one thing here. We always recommend getting a car. Honestly, the cost of getting a car for a whole day is less than what you would pay for a taxi cab anyway. It's pretty expensive. They charge quite a bit, like $50 to get to your hotel from the airport where car rental is like $25 a day. So I really am a proponent of renting a car. Ride sharing doesn't really exist here. They kind of, not rioted, but they protested against it. So they don't have any kind of ride sharing here. So really it's either taxis or you rent a vehicle. The public transportation, no one, it's not really meant for tourists. So, you know, if you go to Aruba, they have some public transportation that's pretty decent here, not so much, but we're also, we're a bigger island. And Going off of that, I really recommend getting a car because the beautiful beaches and stuff are away from the main city anyway. So it's well worth the investment. Okay. That sounds good. Well, speaking of the beaches and some of the things that we want to see while we're there in Curacao, uh, let's kind of talk about them. What are some of your favorite beaches? Oh my gosh. Uh, So there's over 27 official beaches here. And 
they are some of the most beautiful beaches that I've ever seen. You know, a lot of people, when they expect, when they picture the Caribbean, I think we picture long sprawling beaches with white sand, but Curacao is very unique in the sense that our beaches are kind of in these big coves. So we have these big, they're not very tall, but kind of like plateaus around the beaches. And that's what makes the water so beautiful. It stops any kind of current from stirring it up. So you've got clear, crystal clear water, the turquoise blue, and yet you've got greenery around you. It's just, it's absolutely stunning. So that said, my favorite beach is called Cas Abau, C-A-S space A-B-O-U. And that's my favorite. It's it's way more open. It has beautiful soft sand and the water is stunning. It's great for snorkeling as well. But there's another one that's Porta Marie, and that one is popular among the tourists because it's they call it now the pig beach. So there are some cute wild pigs that hang out there, but it is a little bit more packed in. The nice thing about all the beaches here too is that they have bars or restaurants, restrooms, facilities on them. So it's not just you don't just show up and it's just sand and water, which is fine. But here it's nice because you can grab a cold beer or snack or something. But those are the two best beaches to spend a beach day on. But there's one other beach that I I would be remiss if I didn't mention. It's called Playa Piscado. And tourists or anyone can swim with turtles. All you have to do is bring your snorkel gear and walk in the water. And there are just dozens of massive sea turtles swimming in the wild. Oh, it's magical. We take everyone there that visits us. And it's, you don't have to pay for it or anything. You just go to the beach and that's on the West end. So that's on the further end of the Island, but it's worth taking a day trip. It's absolutely stunning. Obviously being in the, in the Caribbean, besides snorkeling, there's a lot of scuba diving as well, right? Yeah, there's tons of diving. And and Curacao, the reef starts, when you're in the water, it gets very deep, very fast. So it's pretty nice because you can just walk in from a beach and go diving. You don't have to take a boat somewhere because it just drops to 100 feet pretty close to shore. So are there any places that you'd recommend scuba diving? Yeah, actually, you know what? Casabao, my favorite beach, has a dive shop right on there. So does Porta Marie. So you can just show up at the beach and plan to spend a beach day. But if you want, you can, it's really cheap. You could just rent some equipment and walk right in there. There's also a sunken ship here that's near where the cruise ships come in, but it is very dangerous. You have to go with someone that's experienced because it, I think it starts at 90 feet or 30 meters down. It starts that deep. So you really have to be an experienced diver and it has to be on a day that the cruise ships are not coming in. They don't even allow people to do it if a cruise ship's coming, of course. So that'd be a cool scene. I have not seen it yet myself because it is so dangerous. I am a diver, but even still, you can just go to the beaches and walk in and you'll have some beautiful coral to look at and some wildlife. Is that the one that's uh, Tugboat Beach? Oh, actually, I'm glad that you mentioned that. So Tugboat, you can dive Tugboat, but you don't have to. So Tugboat Beach, it's all rocks. So a lot of the beaches here are rocks or old coral, dead coral that washed up. Tugboat Beach is something that you go to just for an activity. So you go in, you can snorkel, and there's a sunken tugboat, but it's very close to the top. So you don't necessarily have to dive there. But still, that is a good spot to dive because there is a lot of coral around there as well. But you can see the sunken ship, even if you're not a diver. We do always take people to tugboat as well for like a little afternoon activity. And then actually there's like, this is getting off of the the diving topic, but there's an old quarantine house from during the the shipping days and it's, it's abandoned, but that's right next to the tugboat beach. And it's really, it's eerie, but it's pretty cool to see. And it has an amazing view. So if you do tugboat beach, you should go and walk through that house as well. 
Oh, for sure. Yeah. If you're already there, might as well check it out, right? Exactly. I think there's another place I heard about called uh, the Blue Room. Oh, yeah. So this is one of the, I would say that many tourists don't get to see this. This would be for someone that has time here. So the Blue Room is a cave. So like I said, we have a lot of kind of cliffs and the Blue Room is a cave that it's in the cliff, but it's high enough to where you could just snorkel into it. So if the seas are rough, it may cover the entrance. That's not too often. So most of the time you can either take a boat there from a beach called Santa Cruz. So you can show up at Santa Cruz and there's a guy who takes people there through boat, or you can hike from there to it, but it is off the bean path. So I really recommend asking someone for specific instructions once you get here. But once you get there, you jump in and then you snorkel into this big cave and it's massive, but the turquoise water and the sun reflects. And so it's like this blue glowing room inside the cliff. And it's so cool. It's really unique. And it's, again, it's off the beaten path for most tourists, but if they have time, I really recommend doing that. That sounds amazing. I haven't got my scuba certification. I have been able to do some snorkeling, but I think maybe some of the listeners, maybe they're not comfortable with the water like that. What are some of the other things to do on the island? Oh my gosh, there's so much here. And that's what I love about it. Everyone that visits us, we have a totally different experience because there's something here for everyone. As you can tell, I love this island. (laughs) (laughs) You could do ATV tours if you want to do something a little adventurous. There's an ostrich farm. If you have young kids, you can go. They have like a little petting zoo. There's the aloe vera farm where you can go and, and see where they grow all of their aloe and get a nice tour with information about all their natural products. And that's actually right by the ostrich farm. So those are kind of some non-water-based activities. But then there's even just like, say there's a cruise ship coming in and you only have an afternoon here. Our downtown area is beautiful to walk down. We have an area that we refer to as like Rainbow Row, but it's all these colorful homes on the water. And we have like an old bridge that has nice lighting on it. And then you can go downtown and there's massive letters, kind of like the Amsterdam sign but they say Curacao and the other one says douchey. And a lot of people laugh at that word, but down here it means sweetie or honey. So people call each other douchey down here. And so a lot of people should, they'll, they'll get their pictures taken with those signs and you can just walk around and have some nice bites to eat, grab a drink or something like that. So, and there's some museums down there, like a Marine museum and lots of things just to see if you just want to walk around and not really do anything with the water. Say if you wanted to go on a hike, uh, are there any places that you you recommend going on a hike? Yes. So there is a national park. It's called Christoffel or the mountain is called Christoffelberg. And this hike is kind of intense. So I would say it's like 45 minutes straight up, but you're going up the highest mountain on the island. And when you get to the top, if it's a clear day, you can actually see Venezuela. It is such an amazing view. Yeah. And you can see most of the island. The view is incredible. It is a workout. Definitely. You want to do it in the morning. In fact, they don't even let people in after I think 10 AM because it just gets too hot to do it in the afternoon. So we usually go out there. It's at the the total furthest point almost of the island. So you do have to make a plan and leave early to get there, but it's a beautiful hike and the end view is just, it's amazing. So that's great for people who are more adventurous and outdoorsy. That sounds incredible. So doing all these uh, activities, obviously we're going to work up a little bit of a, of a hunger. So what are some of your favorite places to eat? Oh my gosh. So if you're on the West end, 
by the Turtle Beach, there's this restaurant called Soul Food, S-O-L food, like the word sun in Spanish. And that is actually, I think she's an American, but she's lived here for a long time. And they have delicious food and an amazing view over the beautiful beaches. So that's on the West End. So you can just kind of make a day out of it. Another great place to eat, and this is one of my favorites, is Kome, K-O-M-E. And that is also coincidentally owned by an American but they have just really good food. Any meal that you go there is amazing. And they're right in the heart of an area that called historic Peter Mai district. And honestly, anywhere you go for food in the historic Peter Mai district is fantastic. But I would say that Kome is one of my favorite places to eat for sure. If somebody wanted to have like dessert or something like that, where would they go from there? Well, there's a lot of ice cream places around here. I will say, I want to give a disclaimer. When you go to the Caribbean, and I think that a lot of people would agree with this, maybe some people wouldn't, so I need to be careful, but you don't necessarily go for the food. I think that, you know, you want food, you go to Italy or France or, you know, somewhere in Europe, but here there are good places. And I, I will say that they're getting even better, but I wouldn't say that we plan trips around food. So I just kind of want to throw that out there, but there is a beautiful, now that you say that place called chill on the beach called Mambo Beach. If you go to Mambo Beach, it's like a whole strip of restaurants and stuff. That's a great beach to go to if you're on a cruise ship here because it's very close to the cruise ship. But there's a bar slash restaurant on the sand called Chill and they have a brownie sundae that is to die for. And it's huge. My husband and I made the mistake of getting one for each of us and we couldn't finish it. (laughs) Well, you know, I mean, it's worth a shot to try to make it happen. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We tried. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Jocelyn, I really appreciate you being on the show and sharing so many great tips for Curacao. I know I really want to go now, and I'm sure a lot of listeners do as well. But now it's time for the final countdown. So if somebody only had time for one meal in Curacao, where should they go and what should they eat? Kome brunch. So they have brunch on Saturdays, and they have this... um it's a, like a chicken biscuit meal with gravy on it. It's very like Southern American cuisine, but it is to die for. Being here in the South now, that's like a total staple of like any sort of Southern restaurant is having <laughs> that, that, that biscuit and gravy. Yes, and it's so good. So good. So uh, you've been there a couple of years. I'm sure you have plenty of great stories. Which one are your most memorable? Well, this is very recent, but this past Halloween, we went on a catamaran in our costumes and had this like boat party Halloween experience. During the sunset, there were dolphins that came up, which actually are not that common here. And so that was incredible. But once we, so so that was like an amazing start to the day. But then once we came back from the sunset Halloween cruise party, there was a block party here. So there was local music and salsa dancing and culture and drinks and it was just so much fun so this past Halloween was an absolute blast I mean to be on costumes on beautiful blue water watching a gorgeous sunset and then to come into a local party it was just overall just an amazing day that's really awesome yeah I think it's one of those things that the first year you're anywhere you're figuring everything out you're trying to get everything unboxed and figured out and then I think you kind of hit your stride in the second year and beyond right Oh, absolutely. I've lived, I actually have lived in Spain as well before. And it, you just, at first you're surviving, you know, you're just trying to figure out your routines. And once you do, then you can really experience the place. I, I totally agree. By then you've also met a lot of friends, so it makes it a little bit easier. Yeah. And more fun. Speaking of happy times, where's the happiest happy hour in Curacao? 
When I first moved here, this was one of my favorite places. It's called Zanzibar and it is a beach bar. Your feet, your toes are in the sand. You can see the sunset right from there. There's nothing in your way. And they have a happy hour from 5 to 6 p.m. where it, it gets packed. I mean packed. People bring their own buckets. You get buckets of beer and then there's live music and you're dancing in the sand. It's just such an island happy hour. It's it's just amazing. The vibe is so fun and that happens every single Saturday and it's, it's packed every single Saturday. That sounds really fun. And so it's only on Saturday. So the rest of the week it's not available. So you got to make sure you, when you book, your, you're coming there and you're going to spend a Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. When people visit us, I always try to make sure they're here on Saturdays because that's the brunch and the happy hour. It <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a perfect day. Yeah. So, <laughs> so one of the things I always do whenever I travel is check out uh, local pizza. Uh, is there great pizza on Curacao? There are a few decent places, but I would send you to the West End restaurant, Soul Food, again, because she has some pretty good pizza and a, a good oven. There was a really nice place in Mambo that had good pizza, but I'm not sure if it just switched ownership. So I'm not quite sure if they're still doing pizza. If they are, it's by the aquarium. So I'm just going to throw it out there. If someone's at Mambo, swing by and see if they're still doing pizza. But if you're on the West End, Soul Food has really good pizza, too. Hey, I'm, I'm willing to try. I'm going to be the, I'm going to be the guinea pig. <laughs> try both places. <laughs> <laughs> right on. So obviously you travel a lot. You live in Carousel now. You've lived in the States. You've lived in Spain. What's one of your best travel tips? So this is just a general travel tip, but it certainly applies here as well. And that is to download the offline version of Google Maps wherever you're going and pin a few of the places like your hotel or the airport, just a few places that you know you're going to need to be able to get to. So Wi-Fi is pretty readily available here on this island, so it, that's convenient. And in a lot of places it is, but when you're walking around and for some reason you don't have Wi-Fi, I have always found every place I go, I just download, before I leave the previous place, I always download the offline version of Google Maps and it has saved my butt multiple times. So, <laughs> and Curacao, I mean, it's like 40 miles by 10 miles. So you can get pretty much the whole island in one, in one download. So it's definitely worth it here, but I do that everywhere I go. Well, that's a great tip for sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, I have T-Mobile and we have great service. But sometimes, you know, it gets, it gets a little sketchy, even sometimes in, in the United States. So yeah, that's a great tip. Hey, Jocelyn, really appreciate you being on the show. You and I know each other from FinCon and me being on your show recently. Uh, can you tell the audience a little bit about who you are, uh, what you do, and then how they can reach you? Yeah, I'd love to. So my name is Jocelyn Pearson and I founded the scholarship system. So that's how we met through FinCon, but we teach families how to pay for college without student loan debt or with as little student loan debt as possible. So I got six figures in scholarships and graduated debt-free. Actually, I got paid to go to college. And so we've been helping families do the same for the last five years. So that is really my core business. And that's what enables me to live on this beautiful, beautiful island. And that site's thescholarshipsystem.com. But also, if anyone is coming down, I've now started a co-working space on the island. So it's called Curacao Co-working. And it's right in the heart of Peter Mai. We're walking distance to all the bars and restaurants and a lot of cute booths boutique hotels. So if anyone's coming down and they know they need reliable internet or they want to be in the AC, because that's actually not so common around these places, we'd love to have them stop by. And that's curacaocoworking.com. Well, yeah, I know it makes it a lot easier for me to work when I got the AC cranking up. So that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, it is hot, especially for people not used to it. So it's nice when you're trying to focus. 
Absolutely. So if anybody wants to reach out to you uh, as far as scholarships or the co-working space or maybe just some other tips about Curacao, uh, what's the best way to reach you on social media? If they want to talk about paying for college, I highly recommend reaching out to us on Facebook, the scholarship system. We're on Facebook. So that's the best place to to reach out to us there. You can also go to our website and contact us. Info at the scholarship system.com is our email. So that's for paying for college. As far as Curacao co-working, you can go to our website or find us on Instagram. It's just at Curacao co-working. And you can also email us info at Curacao co-working.com. So I'd be happy to, you know, if anyone has any questions about the island, just email us info at curacaocoworking.com and I'll get back to you. Awesome. Well, again, I really appreciate you being on the show. I've learned a lot about Curacao and I'm really excited about booking a trip to come visit you and it'll be seeing you when we travel there. Yeah, absolutely. We'd love to have you. Big thanks to Jocelyn for coming onto the show and sharing our awesome tips for Curacao. Show us some love by visiting her site, thescholarshipsystem.com, and signing up for a free training on how she's secured six figures in scholarships to graduate college debt-free. Send me a tweet at WeTravelThere to share your favorite thing about Curacao. All the links we talked about today can be found at wetravelthere.com forward slash Curacao. We want to say thank you to Clear for being an affiliate sponsor of today's episode. Don't you just hate waiting in line for security at the airport? Me too. Even the pre-check lines are slammed most of the time nowadays. That's why I use Clear to skip the lines to get to my flight quicker. For my listeners, I've worked out a special deal where you can try Clear free for two months. This is a limited time offer, so go to wetravelthere.com forward slash clear to sign up today. For questions about an upcoming vacation, visit the We Travel There podcast community on Facebook for the best tips from travelers like you and me. Join us next time as we head to Mumbai, India with Ashish Namjozi of The Points Pundit. We talk about Bollywood films, seeing the Taj Mahal at the Gateway of India, and watching a cricket match at Wakendi Stadium. You have to join us when we travel there. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please share it with your friends and tell them what you like most. Make sure you subscribe, that way you don't miss any of our upcoming destinations.